Hello, welcome to the Sean Cast. I'm Tony Shump, Ralph Nardello. And I'm the Billy Gunn Jones. I've been on tour too long because got a gig on the weekend. Anyway, oh, go, yes, go, yes. go. Yes, yes. Uh, well, we've got uh, uh, a Tony, Tony, Tony Featherstone on the show. Tony today. Featherstone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A big welcome to Tony Featherstone. He's in that fit. Famous Canadian bloody ice hockey player. He played in the NHL and he played for the Oakland Seals and the Minnesota North Stars. No, 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 no. Think Yamaha. Yamaha, Yamaha. Oh, wait a minute. A big welcome to Tony Featherstone, famous English speedway rider. No, no, no. The Yam no, 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 no. It's, it's a Yamaha. Think it's not the Yamaha. It's a Yamaha not the DX7 motorbike? keyboard. Oh, not the, the motorbike. Key okay, the DX9 bloody keyboard. Okay. Anyway, all right, so... A big welcome to the legendary Bad Loves and Pseudo Echo keyboard player, Tony Featherstone! Yes, welcome Tony Featherstone! Tony Featherstone! Alright, you asking the first question? Oh, yes. You asking the first one, go on. Yeah, the first question I want to ask you, Tony, is um, you're a keyboard player, right? You didn't yeah. play the drums or the, uh, the the guitar because that's you know an instrument where everyone sort of picks up. And that's why I want to ask you that question. Why What's, the question? What's the question? What's the question? Well, the question. Why did you pick up the keyboard? The keyboard because look, it suits my personality just to sit down the back and just chill out and let the singer get all the glory and and uh, you know they deserve it. What's that? They deserve it. The singers deserve all the glory. They deserve it. Yeah, yeah. I remember once with the Bad Loves, we did a gig New Year's Eve at the SB. And Michael Spivey was just getting showered in beer. Oh. And I was down the front, uh, dry as a bone, and I thought, who would want to be a lead singer? So, me, oh, right. me, that'd be awesome. You'd be dead. <laughs> so, so how, how old were we when you started playing the keyboards? I was probably about 12 years old. Um, mm. I'm, I'm self-taught, so it took me a while to get my head around it. And I, I, you know, I can't read music or do anything fancy like that. I just, I just know what... But I tell you what, had YouTube been around when I was a kid, I would have been about ten times better player than I am now. Because even these days, if I can't work out something, I'll jump onto YouTube, and there'll be someone who's got it all sussed out. So, well, what? So even you? Even you have to work something out on oh, YouTube? Yeah, totally. It's the best I, way. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. I'm constant, still learning, mate. So why why the DC? Um, yeah. Why, why the DC keyboard and not, uh, you know, because you, you were saying something about it being reliable. Is that right? The Yamaha, the Yamaha one that you got? Oh, um, did you get that off my little bio? Yes, I got that off your little bio. The Werribee Whisperer did. He did all that research. <laughs> yes. Well, look, look, I've been, um, you know, I, I do have to just declare my interest here so there's no cash for comments. Okay. I am endorsed by Yamaha, Ooh. and um, I've used their gear for, for years and years. And um, I think that article you're referring to, I was talking about my very first keyboard, which was a, a yeah. DX9. Yeah, back yeah that's the, the one, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I couldn't even afford a DX7 like everyone else. I got the DX9, which was the cheapo, um, non-touch-sensitive version. And, uh, and yeah, I've been using Yamaha for years, and, and, and now... We kind of they look after me, and it's all good. Oh. Yeah, so the, the Yamaha, the Yamaha, Yamaha DX7. That was a very popular keyboard when it came out. It like revolutionised the, uh, you know, the super. Well, it's a super size, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the John Farnham Whisper Jack album is almost nothing but DX7. The oh. whole album. 
And, uh, so, and, and then it went, you know, spectacularly out of fashion and, and now it's kind of back in fashion again, just like all those old analogue and uh, digital synthesizers there with a fortune now. Yeah. So, that, so what, what about a, a Yamaha DX7 be worth today if I go online and buy them? Oh, look, you know, probably, a good, you know, one in, in really good conditions, probably a couple thousand bucks and, and, you know, and that's how much they were, you know, back in the day. So, wow. um, you know, that's certainly held that's their value. value. But, you know, something like a, do you remember a Jupiter 8? The one? Mm, which one? The Profit 5, Jupiter 8. Oh, Profit 5, keyboards. yeah, that's a Juno, Juno, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those sort of keyboards, you're talking thousands of oh, dollars. Oh, they're, they're worth yeah. a lot of money, yeah. yeah, I know. Have you got one of them? I wish I did. I oh. sold, I had an Oberheim <laughs> OB-8. I sold it for $300. They're worth oh. about $10,000, seriously. Oh, shit. They're worth about... But in the late in the late eighties, early nineties, you couldn't give that stuff away because it was just yeah, exactly. It was exactly. A, it was associated with you know neuromantic, um, you know synthesizer bands that, that you know people were trying to get away from that sound. And I was going to say could, that I was going to say that yeah. with that synth music, like when did when did that first come out? Like did that come out in the eighties or yeah, with uh, my sex and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, well, I think, you know, like bands like uh, Japan yeah. started it. David Sylvian, you know, they, they were real um, kind of pioneers in, you know, Gary Newman, people yeah, like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and then you had the next wave, which was kind of like your Duran Durans who kind of, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, co- yeah. copied Bebo, that sort of yeah. And then we had our own version, which is um, like your pseudo echo, yeah. in the kitchen, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Hey, so were you with the Bad Lives when they were called DC3? I joined just after that. So I joined the Bad Loves just as we were finishing up the recording of the Get On Board album. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was... Uh, before that, I was I played the odd gig with the band just because I was mates with them and they, and they didn't have a keyboard player at that time. So yeah. um, I, I would play the odd show with them. But I think when the record... When they put the record together and they were talking about marketing and stuff like that, they, they kind of decided that... They needed someone really good looking. No, like to, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah to join yeah, the lineup. So that's where I sort of came in there and um, and uh, became a full time member. So how did you how did you get in the band? Did um, they? Uh, I I got I got in the band because I've been mates with Jack Howson since I'm oh, about Jack, so you Jack. seventeen years old. Ralph, you know Jack? Yes, I know Jack, yes. Good, good bloke, got a few problems, but anyway, yep. No, no, he's, he's, he's awesome. So who was, who, who was in the band when you when you were there? Like, because they were massive, when, weren't they? When I joined the band, it yeah. was um, Spivey on vocals, Irish on bass, Chris yep. Bone on drums, yep. Jack on guitar, and me. Oh, okay. So you guys won the ARIA. Were you, were you part of that? Oh, the ARIA yeah, Awards? Yes, yes. So, yep, yep. So um, the way that all went down is um, we were on tour in Europe with Jimmy Barnes supporting wow. him when the ARIA Awards were on that year. And um, so we didn't get to attend and we just sort of found out after one of our shows with Jimmy um, that, um, you know, we'd won three ARIA Awards. So we, we didn't really get to capitalise on it. In fact, none of us even have, have those awards. I think they're in the storage unit somewhere in the record company. But, um, you know, so... So we did win three Aries, but we didn't kind of get to sort of, you know, bask in the glory as much as we probably could have had we been in Australia at the time. Mm, so you missed out on the whole awards ceremony thing? Missed out on the whole thing. You know oh. what? I, I hate those awards, yeah. awards oh, really? ceremonies. I wasn't worried at all. Wow. <laughs> what about the free booze? Yeah, the booze. Uh, and the, booze. the cocaine in the toilet. Hey, 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 oh, no, come no. on. I'm not much of a drinker. If there's free Xanax, I'm there, but uh, the free booze. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys won... Um, as a best new talent, 
and best breakthrough artists. Wow, that's that's uh, uh, that's amazing and pretty good. You recorded a song with Jimmy Barnes on the advice of Michael Gudinski, Is that right? Yeah, we did. So, um, so Jimmy was a fan of the band early on. He, he knew of the Bad Loves through yeah. um, Michael Kaditsky, and uh, he actually came along to our album launch just a, just as a fan. Really came along and had listen. Who Barney? Yeah, Barney did. Yeah, oh, he came along right, to our cool. album launch in in Sydney. Yeah, and um, he invited us to um, to. He was doing an album called Flesh and Wood. Which oh, yeah. uh, every track was a collaboration with people like Tommy Manuel, Bill oh. Conway, all sorts of different yeah, people, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he invited us to go and record the weight with him. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So we we recorded that at his house in Barrel, and um, and through that connection, I uh, much much later on, I ended up playing in his band for probably five or six years. I wow. toured all over the world with him. So oh, Barnsy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's awesome. He's he's, he's so you toured the whole world with Jimmy Barnes. You mean all around America, Europe? I didn't get to go to America, but all I went to Europe a couple of times with Jimmy. Um, you know, various places in Asia, um, and obviously, you know, uh, lots of Australians were in. And um, but you know, the funniest thing about that is that I, I went and had a hearing test the other day, and I got perfect hearing, and I played with Jimmy Barnes. Five or six years, so worth that out. I know, don't need to scream. <laughs> you bastard. Does not make sense. When they, because when, I went and had my eyes checked, and, and they said, oh, look, part of the service now is we give you a hearing check. Okay. And I thought, oh, here we go, you know, they're going to recommend that I've got, you know, yeah, yeah. no hearing in my left ear and half hearing in my right yeah, ear. Yeah. But mm. um, I did the whole test and I said, yeah, perfect. Wow. Well, what, so, why did you do that, Tony? Like, are you really old or something? What, why did you have to I am that? very old, yeah. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just curious because blokes don't normally go to the doctors. No, because I I um I went to Specsavers just for a eye check, and now they just give you a hearing check as part of the whole thing. Oh, okay. So you can hear and see at at Specsavers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. right. So so going back to the uh, Michael Gadinsky there, and then you. he came to one of the gigs here when you supported the Hall of Notes, is that right? And he saw you there and he's pretty much signed you up there, was it? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, so we supported Hall of Notes in Melbourne and Michael Kudinski bought them out through Frontier Touring Company, yeah, yeah. which was his, his um, touring company. And uh, he saw us that night and um, I think that just sort of got the, the, the wheels in motion for the uh, record deal to be offered and, and the rest is history. And what was it like when you spoke to me that backstage? Oh, Michael Gadinsky. No, yeah. <laughs> no yeah, look, because because I, I heard, listen, everyone else had musical conversations with Michael, but because yeah. I buried the St Kilda, oh, okay. the, only oh, the yeah. only thing he ever wanted to talk to me about was footy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, I remember we did a gig at the MCG, that Mushroom 25th anniversary thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember him, you know, standing by the stage saying to me, 
He does. Yeah, because because you know they've got like you know uh, all lighting production and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they they yeah. need to sort of know if he's going to walk across the stage or he's going to like he would do this thing. I think it might have been Let Love Rule where he'd walk off stage yeah. and then he'd just appear somewhere in the stadium, like yeah. a random, like right up the back or something like that. So, uh, yeah, he was he was cool. What, he, had, he was a nice enough sort of guy too. So so he had a, a cordless mic and he'd just appear from anywhere and, and, and start singing? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, did you, did you see any of his um, entourage? He didn't really appear to have uh, a massive entourage with him. He, I remember he had a fear of flying, and um, when he went to Perth, he, he caught the bus from Adelaide to Perth. Rather than, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's one thing I remember about that. Hey, and you know how you said it was choreographed? Even even what he said between songs, is, it, is that true? Uh, well, you know, to, to a certain extent. I mean, um, you know, maybe not word for word, but yeah, definitely... Yeah. He, he had a he, he had a he had a down so that he could you know just so he could time the show and yeah. you know and you know certain songs would run into each other and and I think you know after seeing that show we realised that we need to fine tune our because we were just up there you know yeah yeah you know in, in between songs we were you know someone was going out for a smoke and someone yeah. else was looking for their drink and yeah. Spivey's kicking his water bottle over it was a bit of a shame, <laughs> you know so. Hey, what, what, did he, what did he think of the bad loves, uh, Lenny Kravis? Did he say anything about the bad loves? No, he hated them, hated them. Well, uh, look, I'm not really sure, actually. Mm. I, I heard that he, he liked us, and, mm. and, and uh, you know, probably he wouldn't... Um, you know, someone from his entourage would have had to okay after yeah, recording his yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, they figured it was the right kind of vibe for, yeah. for his music. Yeah. And what about Hall of Notes? Did you, did you, did you meet them at all? Personally? We did. I'm a massive Hall and Oates fan, mm. and um, I remember I was sitting at the hotel after the show, and um, Daryl Hall just walked in and he sat down and said hello, and, and then he got up and I thought, well, that's it for the night. He said to me, so where can we get a drink around here? Oh, and off, off we went. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was that was really cool. So where did you go for a drink with him? I can't remember. Like this was 1991, but uh, it was in the city. It was all Hall of Oates, mate. Right. I would have taken photos and kissed the ground they walked on. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Well, that, yeah, but that was, you've got to remember, that was back in the days. It wasn't like you were carrying your camera around and your phone. Oh, yeah, 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 You didn't yeah. even have a phone. Yeah. And if you did have the phone, it was the big Nokia brick that had oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Size of a And you probably had lots of cocaine and all that uh, other shit, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, probably. Uh, yeah. John Oates there. So he's can't a, remember. What about John O? Did you meet him? He's a very short guy. Oh, yeah, right? I, met, I met him. He was really nice. They were both really nice. Yeah. In fact, I find in the industry that, like, the really big stars yeah. are generally really nice because they're, they're not really trying to prove anything. Like, yeah. they know they're a big star, so they can just be cool about it. But it's the ones, it's the up-and-comers that yeah. sometimes make people think, well, you know, you've got a bit to sort of uh, get your head around. So who was the biggest wanker you've ever met? Oh. Who was the biggest wanker? Oh. Biggest wanker. Oh, yeah. God, I wish I wish you had to give me some notice on that one. No, these are somebody. without notice questions, mate. We just like to answer, oh, I can answer that one. John Bavaro. No, oh. no, leave Bullfrog alone. <laughs> no, I want, I want, he's a good player and a, and a good, I've got, look, good player. I've, I've got to say, and, you know, look, I've got to say, do you know the country singer Adam Harvey? No, never heard never of him. Heard. Oh, he's, he's known in the country world. Anyway, I, I did a session with him when he was... Um, just starting out, me, I think it was me, Chris the Bone from the Bad Lives, pretty much the guys from the Bad Lives. Yeah. Mm. Country bumpkin kid. 
like real sweetheart. And mm. then I, he became a bit of a star. And I saw him at the airport in um, oh, Darwin, I think I might have been. I went and said hello to him, and he just barely acknowledged me. He brushed you. Oh. Okay. Yeah. He's a wanker. He's a Really. And, like, that's really rare. Because, you know, musicians, yeah. um, like, we all get it, you know what I mean? Like, we know that it's not that glamorous, you know. We're yeah. out there, you know, um, you know, touring all year round and all that kind of stuff. And, like, you, you don't really, I mean, other than lead singers, of course, yeah. you, you don't really find that many massive egos out there. Oh. But, um, yeah, but, you know, there is the odd one. Yeah. Well, what about, you You played with Daryl Braithwaite, Kate Kate Sobrano, Russell Morris, and even that wanker, Shannon Knoll. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, Knoll, he's all right. Oh, he's all right. Okay. Yeah, you... he's a good bloke. He's, a, he's just a good country bloke, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's just a no-frills. Where's he from? Cobram or some somewhere out that way? So, oh, yeah. a sheep, a sheep shearer, you know? Okay. But, um, yeah, look, I've been lucky to work with uh, all sorts of different people. Um, and it's all been great, you know. I mean, Kate Sobrano's just, you know, so nice to work with. You know, she really, yeah. when you're in her band, she really treats you like family. Yeah. And, um... Daryl Braithwaite? Yeah, uh, I've known Daryl for years because... When he was in Sherbet? Him, when he was in Sherbet, did you know him? I didn't know him then, no. Well, you didn't know him for that many years then, didn't you? <laughs> um, no, Daryl's a really nice guy. He's oh. exactly as you'd imagine he yeah. would be. Gone, gone. Wasn't it bad that the... the, the Early on, the bad loves, but didn't that wasn't wasn't that part of Daryl Braithwaite's band? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the bad loves. Yeah, who was in that band yourself? Well, I did a couple of gigs with Daryl, oh. um, just filling in for their regular keyboard play. So I wasn't really part of the band, but oh, okay. um, uh, Jack Howson and Irish and Spivey, they were all in the in Daryl's mm. band. So if it wasn't for that, the bad loves wouldn't have happened. So Michael Spivey was in the band, and what did he just play guitar? Did he sing backing vocals or something? Was it? Yeah, he did backing vocals and and lead guitar. Yeah. Mm. Right. And Sudo Echo, you played with them. Did you did you actually record with them, or you just played touring? Funky down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I played the only recording I did with Sudo Echo. We did a live album. The, oh. the, the funny thing is, um, I got to know. I, I used to be a fan back in the early eighties because Sudo Echo. Was, since band, I used to love them, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, there weren't many Australian bands around who were so, you know, keyboard heavy. Yeah. And um, and later on, I got to know Brian Cannum a little bit, and I always said to him, if you ever put Sudo Echo back together, I want to play keyboards. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember it was the year 2000, you know, um, turn, turn, what, what did they call it? You know, the millennial bug and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. On 2000, and, um, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, he was he, he put a, a pseudo echo lineup together for a party um, on New Year's Eve, year two thousand, and and I got to do it, mm. and ended up playing with him on and off for years. In fact, I just spoke to him yesterday. Actually, where, where was the where was the gig New Year's Eve two thousand? It was in Sydney. Oh, okay. Whereabouts? Yeah. Oh, I can't oh, remember. Just a party. Maybe, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I can't remember all these things. I, I thought you'd I say, like, the SCG or bloody, you know, no, you wouldn't know. Yeah. No, it, it was a, a club somewhere, a party or something. Hey, yeah. I've got to ask you about Todd Rundgren. Oh, oh my God, yeah. that American. He, he's a fantastic producer and all that. He did Meatloaf and Patty Smith, yeah? Exactly. How right. did you get how did you Now get you're them? talking. Now you're how talking. did you get the meeting? Oh, how did you get to play with him? How did you get to play with him? I know, oh, it's insane. I'm just such a massive Todd Rundgren fanatic. Me it's just, too, me it's too. It's ridiculous. Um, 
a mate of mine, Davey Lane, who is a guitar player in UMI. Yeah. Uh, where he's a big Todd fan as well. And he, I don't know how he found out, but he heard that Todd was coming out and he was coming out for some sort of, um, like a fan club convention or something like that yeah. to Australia. Yeah. And um, Davey floated the idea of putting a band together in Australia for him. So Todd would just have to literally show up with his backpack and we would do all the rest. And, and that's pretty much what it happened. We we um, we put a band together here and rehearsed up all the songs and and um, we did probably six or seven shows with Todd in Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was a dream come true. I mean, and, you know, he was just such a great guy. He was mm. just salt of the earth type of guy. His wife was with him. She was super nice. Mm. Um, yeah, he was just, uh, yeah, he was amazing. Was that here or in America? No, it was here. Yeah, yeah Melbourne. Oh uh, Sydney, God. Melbourne, Adelaide, we played. Have you been able to see him over in the States? I haven't been to see him in the States, but I saw him in uh, Amsterdam, of all places. Um, oh, I got good married around 12 years ago. and in Amsterdam? I, I set up, I'm not sure if my wife realised it, but I set up the whole marriage and honeymoon around seeing Todd Rundgren in Amsterdam. Oh, <laughs> well done. You're a legend. You're a legend. How does anyone stooze their wife on their wedding thing? Oh, no, you must be the only bloke. I've known to do that. You're a legend. Yeah, it just worked out that way. Just sheer chance, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And you did Susie Quattro. You feel? Oh my God, I love Susie. Quattro. I did Susie Quattro. Yeah, and and wow. that was um, that was a situation where her keyboard player, um, keyboard player's wife, was having a baby on the weekend of uh, two of her gigs in Australia. Yeah. And um, I got called in to do it. So how did they call? Had oh they, my had, god! How did they call you? Had they, just like word what? of mouth? Was Robbie Rag busy? What? What? It was just one of those things where you know all the musos kind of know each other, yes, and yeah. you know I guess I was recommended by someone, and um, so I had not even met Susie before doing the gig, so I showed up to a Red Hot Summer Festival gig, yeah, and and I met her side of stage, and I was. So like I'm, I was so nervous that it, I was my, I was shaking with nerves. Starstruck, starstruck, starstruck. Because this was someone who was a you know an international artist. Oh, Devil Gate Drive, can the can, forty eight grand. Yeah. Oh. oh my god! I, I didn't get a chance. To, there was no sound check, no rehearsal. Oh, oh my god! It was just you know, and um. So straight in the fire, straight in the fire. How much how much time did you have to learn the stuff? I mean it's. Uh, oh, I did have a bit of time. I probably had about a month's notice that I was oh, doing gigs. Okay, so I just, I, I, I played the songs so often that now all my, now my two kids know all the words of the Susie Quattro discography. Oh, <laughs> was, was it all her stuff, all her good oh, stuff? Yeah. All her hits, yeah, wow. Can the Can, you know, all that sort of Klondike stuff. Klondike yeah. Kate, that, that would, that would be nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, but you know, yeah. and, and, um, but, and the, the thing is, I think Susie was quite nervous herself because, you know, she's got this keyboard player who she's never met yeah, yeah. and she's just relying on the fact that, you know, I, I mean, firstly, can I play at all? Mm. And during the week, each member of her band, band rang me up and said, look, I don't want to freak you out, but Susie, Susie's freaking out. Make sure you know this stuff yeah. like the back of your Yeah, she's you know? anxious, yeah. And um, so, you know, that just made me even more nervous. But... Um, I think like one or two songs in, she turned around, and gave me a big thumbs up, and and then I knew I could relax, and then I just enjoyed the rest of the show. And then the following show, um, you know, just had a good time, and 
And uh, I've been in touch with her, you know, since. And, um, you know, look, she's another one of those massive stars, but she's yeah. super nice as well. Was Len Tucky playing with you? No, this was a, an Australian band. Like, it was one of those oh, okay. situations where they pick up an Australian backline. Oh, okay, so she um, had no one yeah. from the Susie Q band. From the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because she used to be married to him. That's right, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. I loved, I used to love Susie Q. Oh, she was What was it like? I mean, uh, you were starstruck talking to her. Were, were you starstruck talking to anyone else, Tony? Um, well, Todd Rungren, clearly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you absolutely. bow down and kiss his feet and his hands yeah. and that? You know what? I tried to play it really cool with him. I didn't even let on to him that I was that much of a fan. Oh, my God. Because, yeah. you know, as a fan, you just want to ask all those fan questions. Yeah. But I just thought, you know, keep it professional. I, you know, I didn't want to fan out too much. Yeah. But, um, but uh, no, I can't really think of anyone I've been... I, I wouldn't... I mean, not so much starstruck, but, you know, when you're playing with someone like, someone like uh, Jimmy Barnes or... Yeah someone like that, yeah. um, just to hear their vocal come through your wedge. Oh, and, uh, yeah. like, to play Flame Trees or K-Sam with Jimmy Barnes. Oh, oh my know. God. Like that's, that's everyone's dream. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it doesn't get much better than that um, in Australia. Yeah, so, yeah. so I definitely appreciate those moments. And what about John Stevens, Noiseworks? You played with, is you still playing with him? You play on and off with him or...? I haven't played with John for a couple of years. Yep. Um, I, I, so what happened there was the guitar player, Stuart Fraser, who's, who sadly died a couple of years ago, no, no, um, no. he was playing in Jimmy Barnes' band yeah. and uh, and Noiseworks were getting back together to do some gigs and, and he just asked me if, uh, if I wanted to play keyboards because their keyboard player was based in the States. And, um, yeah. and that was another one of those sort of dream gigs because... Like all those songs, you know, I used to hear as a kid growing up, they were all yeah. massive hits. Oh, yeah. No lies, no lies. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so, I, you know, I thought I did noise works for oh, probably two or three years, um, you know, when they would be um, invited to do a, like a day on the green or a record summer tour or, yeah. or whatever. And, and then as John continued on with his solo stuff, um, I got to play with him as well. So... So, I mean, and he's another one who's just uh, an amazing singer. Um, you know, his voice hasn't changed since the 80s, you know. Hey, our, our researcher, the Werribee Whisperer, gave us a little um, gave us a little rumour, said something about you and Amores... Uh, what's her name? Amores... Vanessa Amorosi. Vanessa Amorosi. Did you have Vanessa anything to do with her? Vanessa Amorosi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, My daughters I, love her. Yes, she's awesome. My daughters love her too. Oh, mm. my daughters absolutely adore yeah. her. Yeah. Um, but, um, so what, what have you done with that? I, also, uh, well, what happened when I played in her band just before COVID hit and the world went into lockdown, yeah. I played keyboards for her and, um, and the funny thing is when we're on tour, I didn't really get to know her that well because she's actually quite shy. Yeah. You know, she's one of these people who, you know, she's on stage yeah, full on, yeah. but off stage she's quite reserved. So yeah. I, I, I didn't like really me. get to know her that well. But when when um, we went into lockdown, I sent her an email and said, if you're doing any demos or anything, you know, yeah. let me know and I'll play keyboards because, you know, like everyone else, I'm stuck mm. in my house and looking mm. for things to yeah. do. Yeah. And she said, well, if you've got any song ideas, send them over to me. And uh, so I sent her some song ideas and, and we just started writing together and, 
And before before I knew it, we had we must have had twenty or thirty songs written together. Yeah. And around about I think thirteen or fourteen co-writes have ended up on her new album. So wow. um, oh, that new one that's that's number that's one or number two in, on on the Aria chart. The Aria it, chart. It, it, it debuted at number one on the iTunes chart. So yeah. absolutely, yeah. I'm like I pinch myself to, oh. Oh to my. think that that happened because it was just. Um, it was just one of those sheer blue things where mm. I sent her an email, wow. not even knowing if I'd get a response, and you know, all these songs just sort of started to flow out of it. So, mm. but you know, look, she, I mean, she's such an amazing singer that oh, yeah, it doesn't yeah. take much for her to make a song sound yeah, good. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and that album's yeah. called City of Angels, is it? City of Angels. City of Angels. City of Angels is oh, a new album. Yeah. Well, I, so, I had uh, this until the other night. I tell you that song, Muhammad. I've been, I've played it on. On YouTube, the video clip, it's just a, a great song. Did you have anything to do with that as well, Mahomet? Yeah, I, so I wrote the music for that one. So, oh. Uh, oh, my God. How I've come been, I've never heard of you? Like, it's, 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 done a, it's done in a lane <laughs> way now. Um, yeah, so, Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I really like that one too. Um, I, I think Vanessa and I are both big fans of, uh, you know, gospel, R&B. Okay, right, yeah. that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. so, so um, we, we really clicked in that sense. But... Um, yeah, it's been, you know, she's, she's been great to work with and, um, look, you know, she's probably a victim of her own success in a way oh. uh, where people remember absolutely everybody. Everybody, and everybody. She, she had, well, she keeps yeah, seeing it as big you know, joints. She's definitely, she's really developed as an artist, yeah. you know. Like she's, I'm sure she's proud of those early songs. Yeah. But, um, you know, the stuff she does these days is quite um, cinematic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I hope, you know, people get a chance to, to hear it. Oh yeah, it's massive. So that video clip, Muhammad, uh, it was shot in a laneway, and um, yeah, I've seen you it. know where you know where that laneway is in I, Melbourne. It was somewhere around Melbourne, I think. But I love that video clip. I love yeah. that video oh, clip yeah. because it's all it's all one she take. She looks like she just looks like such a dag. She's in her tracksuit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and it was raining that day, and her hair's kind of all ratty. Yeah. And yeah. she's jumping in puddles, and it's just so nice to see an artist, especially a female artist. Yeah, just yeah. sort of get out there and say, "Well, here's me and my tracky decks jumping in puddles. Yeah. My mascara is running, but you know, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter." Is she single? Is she single? Um, I'm afraid to tell you, she's not. Oh my god! Let's stop talking about it now. Okay. In yeah. fact, not only is she not single, but uh, her. Her husband is built like a fridge. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. That wasn't yeah. me. That was Tony saying that. I was, I was just there. Yeah. Now I love that video because it's, it's virtual shot. If you're going to steal somebody's wife, yeah, I'm yeah. Be not someone with yeah, no, it's not virtual. not unless you have a very good dental mate. Yeah, or a gun. Yeah, yeah. So virtual yeah. shot. It was one take. It was an amazing take. It was just all one take. You know, on the steady cam sort of yeah, thing, just yeah. going. It's just amazing. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's awesome. One of my favourites. And there's 17 songs on the album. It's a lot of songs. Oh, it's too for many. An album. There is 17 songs. And, I, you know, I guess um, that's the good thing about, uh, you know, digital and streaming and stuff. You can, you know, back in the days of vinyl, you just couldn't have put 17 yeah. songs on an album. So, you know, I guess if there is any positives in the new digital age with streaming and all that kind of stuff, uh, it does allow you to sort of, um, you know, put a few extra tracks that might have missed out previously. Just talking about how music's going, you've been, you've been playing since the, uh, the 90s, whatever, in bands. 80s. Yeah, 80s, whatever. Yeah. But but it's like now for the digital, the Spotify, you know, is it yeah. hard to make a living now? Is it like in the music industry now? Is it much not different? Not for Tony. I mean, there's not many gigs around. Oh, oh. I mean... Well... You play with everyone, don't you? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, it's, um, it's, it is pretty tough to make a living, um, out of music. I mean, um, there wouldn't be too many musicians making money based off their streaming royalties because you would have seen. Yeah. I mean, even people like Peter Frampton have stated social, on social media that, you know, for some of their biggest hits, they've received an annual check for $280. Like the streaming rate. Yeah, oh, the streaming rates are point zero 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 zero. Oh my you know, god! Like, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you're not going to get rich that way. The, you know, most artists make the bulk of their money from touring. Yeah. So, um, and and that's why when COVID hit, it really hit the artists yeah. hard oh, because yeah. um, because they couldn't get out there and play. So, um, you know, hopefully we're over that now. Well, Tony, I mean, you didn't do too bad for a bloke that just taught himself. And, like, do you, do you get paid, like, when you go into the recording studios and stuff? Because you've recorded with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when you go in to do a session, you know, you get, like, a session fee, which, yeah. which whatever, whatever yeah. you've negotiated with the, with the artist. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you get paid when you go and do a gig. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, but um, it, it, it doesn't always appear overnight. Sometimes, you know, you have, you've got to invoice people and, yeah. and um, you know, it can take a few weeks to roll up and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's always been uh, a challenge, uh, you know, financially, you know, mm. being a full-time user. So have you got another job or are you just full-time user? I do have, I do um, digital marketing, so graphic design and web development and all that mm. stuff. Very artistic. Which is, which is another sort of, sort of creative outlet yeah. that keeps me afloat. Yeah, so so I've been lucky that um, you know when COVID hit, yeah. people who had those jobs where it's predominantly online were yeah. not as affected wow. as badly as yeah. um, you know musicians who you know all the clubs are shut and they they, they literally have no work. So mm, yeah. well, good you can do, you can do our graphic design. That's great. I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No, no, look, I'll send you through a rate card. Before we go, uh, Tony, what's the future, mate, for yourself as far as the musician? Well, he still but, hasn't told me who the biggest wanker is, but anyway, go. Uh, go. We'll probably get back to it. Oh, uh, um, biggest wanker. Oh. Ever. Come on. In music. Ever. In music. You can oh. say anyone. Not many people listen to our show. So Not many. Mean. Look, honestly, look, I, I actually can't think of anyone, and that's a good thing because... Yeah, yeah. That means you know there's I mean? no I, wankers what, in the music industry at all. That's that's what that means. No. no yeah, I, no, definitely no one that you would have heard of. I mean, all yeah, the you yeah, know yeah. the people I've worked with have all been great. Yeah. Um. So look, you know what? They'd probably say me. Ah, oh, come on, Daddy. <laughs> hey, what nationality are you? Um. So my mum's side of the family, uh, Croatian. Oh, kakosi, kakosi. Yeah, I can't speak a word. Oh, look at that. My wife is from Uruguay, so that oh, means wow. my kids are like a mix of Uruguayan, Australian, Croatian. Oh, good Paraguay, soccer player. Good soccer different. player. So, and then talk about your wife, Claudia. She's a, she's a singer too, is she? she she's just a, a hobby singer, I guess. Oh, okay. you know, she, she, she'll get up and, you know, she doesn't take much for her to get up on stage, put it that way. Yeah. She's, she's usually... She's usually keener to get up on stage than I am. Oh, yeah, well, good. see, that's why opposites are good. So, because you said that you're a bit shy and retiring, and she's she's out there, yeah. She loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely loves it. Fantastic. So, Mixed so, made in heaven. Anyway, go. So before we go, so who who are you playing with at the moment? Anyone? Um, I do. I'm look. Um, I'm not really doing a lot of touring at the moment. I do occasionally play with. Um, Come and play with us Saturday night. 
What's that? Come and play with us Saturday night at the Kilo Park Soccer Club. <laughs> Look, as enticing as that sounds. Oh, I know. You really want to, don't you? I do really yeah, want to, yeah. but uh, did you say this Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's that. Oh, shit, yeah, you've got to You've got to do your hair, don't you? You've got to lose 38 songs, mate. Yeah, heck, you lose 38 songs in 24 hours. Yeah, look, what are they? Are they standards? Smoke on the water? No, no, no. Yeah, brown eyed girl, girl, you're woman, crazy little thing. Hard to handle, all that good stuff. Yeah. We used to yeah, do, yeah. do green limousine, really, we don't do it anymore. Yeah, we used to do green green limousine. Yeah. You used to do green limousine? Yeah, yeah, yeah live, yeah. yeah. How did that go down? Awesome. It was, it was an opener. I don't yeah. know, it was like a warm-up song, you know? Yeah, we used to play at the, at the Hoddle Street. What was that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, a couple what of people. Uh, Boogeyman The Boogeyman Bar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they used to love it up there. Yeah, it's good. All right, that'd be good to go and see you play live. Yeah, we want to come and watch it, Tony. You've got to know when you're playing live. When you're playing live, you're actually the gig. Yeah. Right. Look, for security purposes, I can't quite tell you where I live. Yeah, yeah, can't tell you. I will keep you guys in the loop when I'm playing next. I do the odd gig with Scott Kahn and Brian Mannix. Oh, yeah. absolutely 80s. Absolutely 80s. Absolutely 80s. Let us know. Let us know. Just send me an email. We'll come and watch you. Yeah. We'll come and, yeah. We'll be your band miles. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. No, no, no. I would love that. Thank you. We will. We'll bring signs and everything. You won't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go, actually, going back to um, Northworth, oh, I just want to tell you You said you were going to let him go. Nah, in the 90s. No, no, that's fine. I just got asked you. No, talking about it's about Stuart Fraser because what happened with me and the McSweeney's, you know, the Andrew McSweeney and all that. We had, I was playing in a band with them called Wells Away, and we Stop went up to dropping Sydney, names. And it was in the nineties, and it was a Tuesday night. I never forget it. We went into a bar, and it was virtually no one in there. And you know who walked in? Noiseworks. Noiseworks. Yeah, except for uh, the singer John Stevens. John Stevens. So it wasn't and really Noiseworks. We just started talking to him, and I reckon I spoke to Stuart Fraser for about two hours at the bar. He was, yeah. he, he was buying him drinks, Tony. He was no, buying no, him no, drinks no, all no, night. Just, no wonder he was talking here. He's just a beautiful bloke. And, they were, you know, they were a great bunch of guys. I, just, I thought I would share that oh, with look, you anyway. I mean, the thing about Stuart, like, he, he spoke to you the same if you were the Prime Minister or yeah, your collective yeah, yeah. He yeah. just sat there like a normal... It was just great. No, they were, they had, I think they were, they were releasing their second album then. I think they were pretty big by that stage, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that, that wouldn't have affected Stuart. He was yeah. just yeah. down-to-earth, nicest guy... And the um, the other one who was exactly like that, who we also lost a few years ago, was um, Paul Gray from Wawane. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was another yeah. absolute gentleman. And it's just amazing how these people just, you know... I don't want to end the call on too much of a downer, but yeah, um, I'm glad no. you got to have that yeah. experience with Stuart because that's exactly how he was. Yeah. Top bloke, yeah. anyway. There should be more guys like him. But anyway, so anything else you want to say before we uh, yeah, close you wanna, off? you want to... Yeah. Have you got any books um, coming out, or that you're writing, or just besides? So, um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I guess this you know project with Vanessa's really um, yeah, that's awesome. me to, to to start writing with other people, and um, you know I've got some writing sessions coming up, and uh, so I'm just uh, concentrating more on that side of things, which because uh, I've never been one who enjoys touring too much. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I've never never been a big one to. You've got family you know, at home, have you? I've got, look, I've got young kids, and yeah. even before that, even when I was, you know, single in the 90s, yeah. you know, I, I always hated to, yeah, hated it. Mm. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's just... Um, well, it's a lonely thing from um, motel to motel and that, yeah? It, yeah, it is, and look, you know, maybe if you... How many times you, can you have a wank in that? You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Because while the good is often dressed in fake clothing, real is naked and proud, no matter the scars. How's that? Oh, come on, mate. Well, you can be a better one. Don't fall in love with an alcoholic either. Anyway. All right. How great was that, Tony Featherstone? Yes, yeah, uh, no, he was pretty very good. talented. Hey, I never yeah. heard of him. Where did you yeah, meet him from? Like, he's well, played with he, everyone, yeah. all the big names yeah, and that, and he's just in the yeah. background doing his stuff. Yeah, it's... Uh, and he uh, didn't even learn. Like, he, he learned, he's self-taught. Self-taught, yeah. How yeah, the yeah. bloody hell they do that? Well, I'm self-taught. Nah, you're not. I'm self-taught. It's yeah, being a talented person. Oh, you... Yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, you play drums. You learned... You learned... What's that? What's that style? Jazz, jazz, you learned jazz, jazz drum. Yeah, very one of the hard. So when you play like when yeah. you play all our rock songs, you know yeah, that we do. Yeah, you play yeah, it with yeah. a little jazzy. Anyway, um, anyway, anyway, I just want to just want to say before we go, if you like the show, uh, subscribe to our um, yeah. our, um, our Click Spotify, the like uh, yeah. Apple, uh, yeah, yeah, Podbean, yeah, wherever yeah. you hear podcasts, just yeah, uh, subscribe, yeah, like yeah. Uh, like it, and then uh, you know if you. Um, yeah, because every time we get a new episode, it comes up. I oh, know, right. Like and yeah. follow, so if you like the show. So, um, I'll Wait, t- wait, wait. Truth. Truth does not mind being questioned. But a lie does not like being challenged. Okay. <laughs> All right, go. Like I said, there should be uh, more guys like Tether, uh, Tony Featherstone and less guys like you. I know, I know. So I'm know. Tony Shump, Ralph Nardella. And I'm the American Tony Shump. Bye! See you next time on Shumpcast.